1: You already know everything we could say we are here I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man she or him and that, in fact, it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs, mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode.
0: Welcome, beloveds. We are together here on Vagina Talks, and I am your host, Sophia Wisewen. Invite everybody, I'm feeling it today the need to take an extra couple breaths into my root, into my belly, just settling. I have a really incredible woman with me here today. Caitlin Grace is a self love and yoni egg coach. And she feels like she's been preparing for this role her entire life. She's a journey therapist, a Reiki level three practitioner, and an EFT practitioner. She has a driving passion to help people live their best lives through empowering them to take charge of their own well-being. Totally my scene, right? She is a strong advocate of the mind-body connection and believes we can only truly be well when we... Have let go of our underlying limiting beliefs. Caitlin has been married and divorced and has been with her current relationship for 20 plus years. She has three sons, four stepdaughters, and 13 grandchildren. She has brought many, many a being, (laughs) a walking being onto this planet. And Caitlin has walked through this world in a way that really limited her ability to share her gifts. And through her own struggles and some serious breakdown, uh, it's from what I can tell, Caitlin really shattered uh, the the chains of being held back into the things that that caught your fancy, that lit you up, and now you are just rocking it with yoni eggs and EFT repatterning and making it happen. So, welcome.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, And yeah, I did literally shatter into a million pieces for a while, but uh, I wasn't going to let that stop me showing up in the world as the best version of me. Um, Freeing myself from uh, the constrictions of what my birth family
1: Mm.
2: thought was normal uh, and how they showed up in the world. That's just been the best thing for my, for my whole life, and I hope none of my kids need to actually uh, release themselves from me in that way. I talk to them openly about um, anything that anything that they do or how they show up in the world is, is totally acceptable for me um, so that they can be the best versions of themselves without any parental judgment. I think that's the big thing.
0: Yeah, that was really big for you. That was that major that was the gag rule that like birth family there, like the and I'm curious was it overt or was it because sometimes it doesn't even have to be overt the sub the subversive messaging in a family is enough to shut us up and keep us shut down for a long time. So I'm just curious was it was it overt and subvert and what what was it that where was it specifically that you knew you was too? you couldn't go or else you would be breaking the family rules.
2: So um, it was definitely overt and uh, also subvert. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what that word is. (laughs) Yeah, it was like my dad just used to have this look. He'd just look at you and you knew that you had to just sit down, shut up and not move. (laughs) Um, Mm. And for a long time, I perfected that with my kids, but they just didn't buy it. <laughs> I was trying really hard, you know, just doing the look, and no, nah, they just were no, mum, that's nah, that's not going to work. Um, and it's, oh, and I'm really glad that it did. Right, didn't. yeah, it's a blessing. Um, so there was there was a lot of uh, shit in my family growing up, and the biggest thing was, um, and I, I always I always have that rider of, you know. But it wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. I didn't have it as bad as a lot of people, yeah. and I didn't. It wasn't that bad, but it kind of really soaked into me that how I was showing up in the world was only allowed to be in this, and I've even got one on my desk, in the little beige box. You know, you mm. had to be, you had to conform, you had to uh, be this way, and no deviation was acceptable. Um And, you know, I'm a rebel without a clue. Um, And I was just pushing against those boundaries every which way that I could while still maintaining the good girl facade. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I only would go so far. Um, But I did cause my dad a lot of consternation. Um, One time in particular, my sister and I were bored on a Friday night and we happened to be in Auckland City on Queen Street. And there happened to be um a gay rights parade happening. So we we're like, oh, I've got nothing better to do, let's do that. <laughs> uh just so happens we were leading the parade with our banners and on the ten o'clock news that night. <laughs> Great. Uh, much to my homophobic father's consternation. Right. So um yeah, it was things like that. I was still pushing but not but still being acceptable. Right. Um and always being reined into show up and be good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And now a
0: Yoni egg coach, uh, yes. helping transform people's sex life. Yes. Yeah. In, yes, in absolutely. person around the globe. This is like the work that um,
2: you do. Yeah. It's, it's all online. Um, New Zealand is still quite not up to, cause that's where I'm from is from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, all my eggs get shipped overseas. There's a very few ladies that have them uh, here in New Zealand. Um, I know of only a- one other lady that's actually selling eggs in New Zealand. Um, but I love, I love actually the fact that they're, they're getting out there. And I bought myself um, a pelvic floor anatomy model so that I can start doing some pelvic floor workshops here in, in New Zealand and show people exactly what I'm talking about. Um, It even comes with a removable uterus and bladder and bowel, which I think is really cool. Um, It's my my latest toy, um, and I've been having lots of fun playing with that.
0: I love it. So I'm just going to kind of jump in a little bit here. So one of the things about yoni eggs that I am a little bit, I'm fundamentally psyched about them and supportive of them, putting, for instance, putting crystals and stones inside our body, in our mouth, up our yoni, um, anywhere else you want to put it, (laughs) rectum, your ears, on your eyes, it's fine. Um, It's a great idea. My pelvic floor training was very clear and very adamant that mostly uh, people don't need to do Kegels because their pelvic floor is out of balance and overly tight and that they actually need to relax restore rejuvenate um you know work with in a in a balancing relaxing way and i've seen i've experienced this i think a hundred percent of the time so far you know maybe once not have i done work where after the the relaxation happened the the kegel assessment that i do internally they were stronger after the massage than they were before it they were stronger after the body work so you know and and it's like don't, you know, so I'm kind of always I'm kind of standing on the rooftops as much as I can saying, stop, 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 Kegel, stop, stop, stop. You're just exacerbating your, your um, balance, your imbalance, you're you're yep. making it worse. Um, so I know fundamentally that's not a problem for yoni eggs if you're using them in the whole system that it's like you're just kind of saying like, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yes, yep. that's true. Um, one of my concerns is that people get yoni eggs and they do things and then all they do is they just get really excited into a, a million Kegels and I get a little bit like, oh. so, 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 so tell us the truth. So to give us some, some, some not that uh, some what, some more. So,
2: yeah. So what, this is why I do it as a coaching package. I think it's crazy that you just buy an egg online and start using it because you don't have a fucking clue what you're doing. <laughs> um, And I hear so much misinformation about yoni eggs, it does my head in. You don't just put it in and forget it. It's not a set and forget type thing. If you're not doing the exercises, you're wasting your time. It's not put it in and wear it all freaking day because you don't go to the gym all day. Well, I hope you don't um i definitely don't <laughs> you don't put it in and 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 just walk around all day with your eigan i i was that's just crazy because it's taxing the muscles your muscles are having to hold on to that weight all day right. um so they're going to be exhausted and they're going to be too tight and they're going to be uh yeah just worn out that's not what you want you don't want to worn out vagina no. that's not what the whole process is about uh i think most of us already have
0: pretty worn out vaginas you know what i mean like they're fucking worn out from the get it's just like yo did you hear the fucking say this shit i'm fucking tired you know
2: i'm tired i'm tired i just want to sleep exactly um, so the idea is that we um it's a mindfulness practice uh uh-huh. And I, w- I really want people to, to get that, that it's a mindfulness practice. It's a, a tuning into your body. I had one client who was just delicious, and uh, I, I talk about dating your egg. So when you get your egg, you don't just go, hooray, I've got a yoni egg. Let's stick it in and see how, how what happens. Nice. I want you to actually bond with your egg for at least two weeks before you even get to the point of – of using it, so this particular client, she was, uh, you know, had bonded with her egg, and then I say, actually ask your body if it's ready to let it in. Don't just be going, okay, I've got a yoni egg, I better, I better stick it in and see what happens. Ask your body, tune into your body, and actually wait for the yes, I'm ready for this. So she waited, and her body took a month so from purchasing the egg it was 6 weeks before she actually used it internally that's what the process is about it's about connecting in listening to your body instead of just overriding it with your mind and going i'm doing this now so that's uh, that's a big part of it for me is the mindfulness and the connection to our womb Now, that's the other big thing is how disconnected so many women are. I want to go there for a second,
0: which is the same thing you're saying, but I just have to stop and yell (laughs) a little bit about just this concept of, like, asking your body Yep. when it wants to have something inside. Yep. Like, you said it, you gave it spaciousness, I'm just going to expand some spaciousness around that, like letting that, building a relationship with the thing that you're going to be bringing inside. And then from that established relationship, checking with your body and saying, are you ready? Is this what you want? I mean, it's just, my vagina's happy just hearing about it, right? It's like, yes. It's like, (laughs) yes, that's exactly, like, what's so complicated about this? Why is this revolutionary? It's okay, it's revolutionary. Or it's not okay, but that's where we are. It is revolutionary right now for most people. And so I just, I just had to like expand. Yeah, on that. it is. So, yeah,
2: you know, the thing is, you know, we have things thrust upon us, and we do yeah. it ourselves. You know, we do it with tampons. We just ram those things in there without a thought for uh, what's actually going on with our body in that moment, um, and then. On the other hand, we also just you know, yank those things out. And it's the same with the, the yoni egg. A lot of people are just mm. yanking it out. It's not supposed to be yanked out. It's supposed to be gently pushed out by your pelvic floor muscles. It's like you were saying about the release of the pelvic floor muscles and letting that out rather than just pulling it out. Because by pulling it out, you're actually undoing all the work that you've just done with your pelvic floor. You're actually working against the muscles when you pull it out. Um, I don't string my eggs at all, and if the ladies have not had a hysterectomy or have not uh, had you know any kind of surgery to remove parts of their body, then I then I recommend that they don't use the string. I like the string if you've had any of those complications. Because, you know, just for your own peace of mind that it can't get lost, even though the the uh, vagina is a completely closed system. Right. Nothing's nothing's gonna be able to go wandering around in your body.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> funny you say that. It's just like I'm like, it didn't even occur to me that people would put strings on it. Even though I have I have like a uh, pelvic floor balls that I got Years and years and years and years ago now, uh, before I even learned about pelvic floor work for myself, I I, I got those. And those do have a string um, yep. And for some reason because it's like was from a sex toy store and kind of had a different approach. I was just like, OK, sure, you know, but it's like. I don't need, it's like, I'm not going to lose. I know, I guess that you know, I, my using a menstrual cup really changed that game for me. Understanding that like things don't get lost, you know, is one of the things yep. you said two things and you kind of, you can pick up with either one of them that you want to talk about. Um One is the, this, how disconnected we are from our womb. And the second is something that you were just saying right now. Oh, which, which I was going to say is, from my understanding, that entry point, kind of that really threshold gateway, like that vulva space into the vagina, that kind of that actually holding the egg, pulling it in, pushing it out, that that's actually a space to do to do work and to be present with in its own. That's even its own space, like to even make the distinct and like expand the, the territories that we could be more connected to. So either one of yeah. those we can.
2: Okay, well, I'm going to go with both of them. Great. Um, So we'll start with um, the disconnection. I think this is what aches my heart so much is the amount of women who won't even – won't look at their yoni, won't – don't have any kind of knowledge of what's going, like, below the waist. They are so – They've been taught over and over by marketing and by everything else that our that our uh, sexual parts are just for sex, yeah. and that they are smelly and gross, and you know you have to trim all the hair or preferably remove it um, in order to be acceptable. And it's just that the, the disconnection and the the numbness that comes with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that is the big thing: is we wonder why we struggle to orgasm when we have no conversation with that body part the rest of the time, where we have no <laughs> relationship with right. that body part. Um, it's how can you how can you just go right? Let's let's go. Let's have sex. Let's you know let's have some fun when the rest of the time you are completely ignoring it, completely sidelining it, and have no kind of relationship.
0: I feel like we all know that person, too, yep. who like thinks yep. they're a friend, but like they d- don't show up or listen or ask or are interested and all they want to do is have the good time, you know? Yep. And it's like, it's fine, you know, it's like maybe you know what to call them for. But if you're if you're tr- if you're trying to have a really, really good time, that's intimate and connected it's like that's not the person you think of you know and it's like that's how we are with our own body i i often think of the words of ownership like we don't even own We don't like like if somebody owns our root if somebody owns it it's not we're not taught it's not us you know
2: yeah so let's talk about the fact that most of us have actually had the wrong name for that body part that most of us you know and if you're calling it um uh vagina and its name is yoni or vulva it's not going to answer. It <laughs> thinks you're talking about something else. So it's like calling your best friend, you know, who's Margaret, calling her Virginia. Hey, Virginia. And you, you're calling her Virginia, Virginia, and you're wondering why she's not bloody answering. Well, she be, that's not answering because it's not her freaking name. Yeah. So taking the ownership, we have to actually come right back to that. What do you call your genitals? Do you know know all the names, all the different parts of your genitals? If you don't start there. Start there. Just with that simple thing is naming it. Naming it and claiming it as your own.
0: So basics, I don't think we've actually covered this yet. We've talked about we've talked about some anatomy, the clitoris and you know, things in that, but that basic place of the the vagina is actually the inside territory and that the That's vulva right. is the lips, the outside. Anything that you can kinda touch with a flat hand, essentially, if you yeah. can, like, you know, kind of place or see without yep. any, you know, that that's the vulva. You have to really, the opening, if you open yourself and then if you go inside in that dark space, that's the vagina. Am I? Vaginal canal. Yeah, that
2: is. That's the vaginal canal. The part where you place something to draw it in is called the introitus.
0: The introitus. Say it, everybody, it, three it, times. Introitus. 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 Entroitus.
2: Entroitus. I didn't know that until I read um, Nicole Daydon's book, Slow Sex, brilliant book. Um, but yeah, it's the entroitus. And I'm, you know, I'm fifty-five, and I read that well, a couple of years ago, so I was probably in my fifties. I shouldn't need to find out the name of the opening to my vaginal canal in my fifties. I should have known that years ago. Yeah. You know, it's it's that craziness. Um, I forgot what the second thing was. No,
0: I was talking about endroitus, the work yeah. of working with the endroitus. So we have the vulva, we have the endroitus, we have the vaginal canal, the yoni eggs relationship with this, um, with this yeah. landscape, this nuanced
2: landscape. And the reason I love the word yoni is because it connects, it's not just the the genitals but it's also encompassing the womb space yeah. so yoni means sacred gateway and it's actually looking at that uh, uterus as part of that whole like you said landscape it's all one connected unit and the, that's what the power of the yoni egg is because yeah. it will actually heal stuff in the uh, in the uterus in our womb space um, by by connecting to all the acupressure and meridian lines that are in the vaginal canal, and that's where our most potent, according to the Tao, that is where our most potent acupressure points are, is in the vaginal canal. Who knew? Who knew?
0: Well the doubted thankfully lots of people knew and 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 even more grateful that more of us are remembering that i can say that doing physically doing work manually work with my own hand inside my own body and and other um people's bodies has has really shown me that like i can't even the potency you know i mean that's that's what i say about the intravaginal work i've never seen something and i've done a lot I've been, I've done a, I've done a lot. I've had a lot of everything, lots of places and not everything. I mean, there's more to be done. You know what I mean? It's a big world, but I've had a lot of, a lot of things and, and things that have absolutely saved my life. EFT is, is one of them. Acupuncture on, on my ears has made a huge, huge difference. Um, and the EMDR, the list goes on and on in terms of, of tools and tactics and still Actual contact inside that, that these access points, you know, made these such profound transitions that on the the very moment it happened, I felt like I was a different person. And every day for the year following, that only came more true.
2: Yep, absolutely. Now, one thing that I get asked is uh, because it, you know, like the womb is a storehouse for emotional. Baggage that women have, Uh, and at the same time, I get asked by women, Yeah, but what can I do for my partner, for my husband? Um, Is there something that he can use? Now, there's not a yoni egg for a man because he doesn't have a yoni, and you don't want to be sticking them in his anus because that's not a closed system and that can things can go wandering. But what I love is the fact that by having a supercharged yoni, as my husband calls it, <laughs> um, the just the energy in there actually starts to work on the men's penis anyway. Because just like we have the the acupressure points in our vaginal canal they have them along their shaft and if you happen to be having sex with a yoni egg in that yoni egg can rub on his shaft and thereby stimulate those points and clear and release emotions for him brilliant how cool
0: is that very cool and I love, yeah. I love the idea of practicing with the egg in and again, like I said, I um, actually have yet to work with a yoni egg, but I've worked with plenty of rose quartz and other things inside, yep. inside with my yoni in that in that landscape. And uh, one of the things that I'll share is that um, in my uh, pelvic floor lineage, in my teachings, I, I was taught that everybody has womb space. And that yep. males have their or uh, male-bodied, I should say specifically, uh, male-bodied people uh, more. And again, even all of these things get very bendy when you actually when it when you yep. get out of the actual kind of like the story of it when it comes to yep. actual human beings, the embodiment and what that looks like. Like the the feminine and the mothers on the left, except when it's on the right, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's patterns.
2: It's all very very fluid. fluid. It's all very fluid.
0: So so most of the time, if the physical genitals are outside the body, the womb space is outside the body. If the physical genitals are inside the body, the womb space is inside the body. Again, that's not always true. And what I invite people to do is to go into that soft, tender space in themselves, breathing, relaxing, uh, holding that space. And then asking to sense and feel into their womb space, yeah, and find out yep. where it where it is there. Um, and so I, I imagine that if somebody were to feel compelled, if they had their womb space on in on the outside, if they found it surrounding their body or an external womb space, actually having a physical yoni egg, and and energetically finding the the canal, the entrance point, and things like that, could be a very yep. powerful experience. Uh, I imagine that could be really, really actually very effective in terms of healing the same creative pathways, as well as any actually physical generative organ issues as well.
2: Absolutely. And see, in the, um, in martial arts, they talk about the lower dantien, and that, or the hara, and that's kind of the womb space. It's kind of, uh, you know, when you're talking about sacral chakra, that's kind of the womb space too. So we've all got that womb space. It's just that women have got that extra right. bit to it. Right. Um, Female body, extra and, bit, yeah. Yeah, we've got the extra bit. Um, so yeah, it's uh, just using, I mean, using crystals anyway, regardless of whether they're an egg or not, placing those crystals on your body, on your body or physically on your body or where you would expect the womb space to be uh, can still be a really powerful thing to do. Um, And there are lots of different crystals um, for yoni eggs. I I used an obsidian egg because I'm a guinea pig. I I don't recommend any of these things to women that I haven't actually done to myself. (laughs) So uh, the obsidian is known as a... um, One for healing sexual trauma. Mm. Now, I thought to myself, I don't have any sexual trauma. Uh So let's just, (laughs) let's just, I love the expression on your face then. (laughs) Um, Let's just try this. Um, I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just breathe. Uh, And it took me back to when I was 15 and was molested at my girlfriend's house by her brother. He came into the bedroom in the morning, him and his friend came into the bedroom where we'd been sleeping. And he got into bed with me and started fingering me. I had I was barely awake. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And when I was using that obsidian egg, it took me straight back there. I could smell him. I could feel him. I could... Mm. I, I could remember the Rome, and I haven't thought of that for 40 years, and I hadn't ever thought of it as a sexual trauma. I hadn't thought of it at all after that particular time. I know I never stayed at her house again, Yeah. and then when the Me Too came, campaign came out, you know, I was like, oh, well. You know, I'm not going to join in because I don't have anything to talk about. Well, actually, there was this time and this time and this time. The time that I was breastfeeding um, my my first child, um, and met up with my husband's friends, my then husband's friends, who were bikers and you know, bit rough. And this guy just come in and show us your tits because my tits were huge. Because I was a breastfeeding woman at that time. I wasn't breastfeeding at the time, but he just looked at me and said, show us your tits. Mm. I was with a group of other people. Not one person said anything. So being the rebel that I am, I said, sure, show me your dick and that shut him up straight away yeah. but nobody else came to my defense no uh-huh. not even my husband at that time came to my defense and and it's that kind of shit that woman put up with on a daily basis yeah. um and that's the kind of thing that the yoni egg can help heal and release out of your system um I don't recommend using an obsidian egg until you've worked with an, another egg, particularly the rose quartz first. Yeah. And yet, I see some people saying, "Oh no, you start with the obsidian egg to heal all your root chakra." It's it's far too potent. It's it's uh, it, it would likely scare you off using a, a yoni egg ever again because it will bring up all the shit for you to deal with. And if you are not in a space of loving yourself first, it's going to be too much for you to even start processing um, again this is why I talk about having it as a coaching program so that you can actually have some support for handling all this shit when it comes up and it will come up
0: I mean that's the point right it's like we're not that, using with the yoni egg to just have everything be the same six months later right
2: no no exactly and it's um uh, I'm also you know very very aware that um that, you know, coming back to the pelvic floor, that women are just not being given the tools or the information that they need about how to maintain a, a healthy pelvic floor. Just nobody, nobody talks about that. And then, as I was talking earlier before we started the, the broadcast, then we end up with pelvic organ prolapse. Right. You know, and 50% of women who've had one child or more will end up with some form of pro, uh, pelvic organ prolapse and then they start using this you know this mesh surgical mesh to hold us all together without actually going let's see what else we can do first what is it that you're actually uh rejecting from your body. What part of you are you rejecting? Are you rejecting your femininity? Are you rejecting all the shit that you've been holding on to? Are you rejecting all the, the people that have pissed you off and just pushing that out of your body? Yeah, it's big stuff. We hold on to all of that or we start pushing it out of our body and we push those physical organs out of our body at the same time. We yeah. have to come back.
0: And phys- uh, pregnancy is a major initiation for a lot of people, and f- and for many people that didn't have any ceremonial initiations, their menarche, their menstrual cycle, or their first sex, or their, uh, their um, first penetration in a sexual way, all of these things could potentially be an initiation, a conscious process, a place of coming home and owning ourselves. A lot of people don't have that. And there's a way in which pregnancy... Uh, Again, like no matter the identity, the gender, whatever that process, and I would actually say energetically for partners, no matter their gender, that being in the presence, intimate presence of pregnancy has a profound impact on the pelvic floor, the root of us. And it is an awakening process that often, often initiates heightened intuition and heightened radars on bullshit. You know, it's like after people give birth or after people are part of a family that has a a child come to them, because there's also an energetic preparation that happens when going through an adoption process. In this yep. process of receiving there's an activation that's an initiation that for many people if even if you're a little bit connected right when people are entirely disconnected they're probably in an, an initiation but who knows what's happening right if, when people are a little bit connected that is becomes a, a massive initiation that starts a much stronger connection and can really result in absolute impatience and and yep. that the impatience gets marked up. It's just have like this image of just getting marked up as craziness and illness and organ dysfunction yep. and all of these things when it's, it's the response to all of the dysfunction that was, com- that was happening leading up to that point in life. And, and that's the threshold yep. that can no longer handle it physically or yep. emotionally or spiritually.
2: Absolutely. Uh, there was another lady that I was talking to uh, who prolapsed during childbirth and the doctor um, the doctor just said to her, oh, your uterus wanted to come out with the baby. It's okay. We've pushed that back in and then didn't give her any tools to help, help her with that afterwards. But at the time, I said to her, so how supported were you feeling through your pregnancy? And she goes, not at all. And I said, yeah, and you can see how that ties in with you 're not you 're not feeling supported, and so you 're kind of rejecting that whole side of your body you 're rejecting that you don 't want to be pregnant anymore again, so you 're pushing out your uterus as well because this has not been the picture perfect image of happy families and pregnancy that you had visualized mm-hmm. or had been fed that that 's what it 's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, you know the, the stories I hear just really break my heart at times. They really do.
0: Yeah. Um, my teacher Tammy Kent wrote the book Wild Feminine, and she tells a lot of stories in there. Um, and the stories that she tells are the ones that repeated over and, over and over. Thousands of women. She's worked with thousands of women. And one of them too, that notion of that way in which the body will respond to un under or non supported pregnancy is it's 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 big stuff. And and one of the things is uh, that she often says is well, that would pop up there would be vaginal tearing in the back because yep. the sacral space is that that back support, like how supported did you feel? And when we're supporting ourselves, there's a tension that happens and then that tension makes it harder to be flexible and expand. And I wanted to share that both as a way of kind of sharing more stories, but also to say, you know, I think it, to, to, to anyone who's listening, who, who could feel sensitive about that story or that notion of, Oh, now it's my fault right like I wasn't supported or you know like the the way that we can so quickly take these stories and turn them into ways of of hurting ourselves and to just say yeah. that the, you know the the body is just telling our story and it can look a lot of different ways and the meanings can be really different they can be really subtle and they can be yep. really obvious and nobody like you know like uh you're not telling them, I'm not telling them that this is why and this is what it is. I just want to like no. say that, like we're clear on that. I don't yeah. want to say that. Like, no, we're not yeah. saying that. We're saying this is what it can be. And, that, and, and, that when, and the important part is when we have that understanding and that communication with our body, that's what initiates the healing and, and the rebonding to our own self. That's what's important about it. Not so we can yeah, look back absolutely. and say, here's someone to yep. blame, either ourselves or others. Yep.
2: And that's the thing is it's not it's not something else to beat ourselves with, definitely not that. And um, and I, I really want to reiterate what you're saying. I am not in any way trying to make any woman feel like she is to blame, but the body is a blunt instrument. It has limited ways of communicating with us. Pain is one. Illness is another. And you know, and bodies, the body doing whatever it needs to do. To get our attention, and so that we pay attention, and that we we kind of connect back. Because at the moment, a lot of us are just a head walking around, a brain walking around um, in this in this meat suit <laughs> with no real connection to it. You know, um, expecting it to always be there, and then beating it up when it does something wrong. And all it's trying to do is give you the message that you need to tune in, that you need to take care of yourselves, that you need to pay attention to the stories that your body is telling you and that you are telling yourself about what things in your life mean. Because that's what it comes back to. We tell ourselves a story Hmm. about what something means. Um, Yeah.
0: Caitlin, is there anything that's happening for you right now that's alive for you right now, a message that your body's sharing with you that you're proactively working with? I know that that hasn't, it's not like it's, and it hasn't stopped for me. I didn't like become more conscious in my body and then figure it all out and move on with my life. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's like changed into this like constant living uh, basis, you know?
2: Uh, What's the biggest message my body's giving me at the moment would be to slow down, mm-hmm. to slow down and tune in, you know, that, so even though I'm doing all this work, I still need to actually take my own advice and be more present in my own body. Uh, and that uh, that shows up for me always as tension in my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, I start hunching, I start, um, <laughs> just straighten myself Everybody up right is, now, uh, I, I start hunching, I start, um, being in a defensive pose Uh and it's okay for me to breathe and just relax and just settle in and know that I'm safe. Um, And that comes back again to years of, um, you know, like the first naught to eight years of your life is basically the foundation of your subconscious mind. And it will just keep showing up over and over in your life from then on. Uh, so yeah, in that first eight years of my life, I learned to play small, be as in- insignificant as possible and be quiet. And so my body's constantly showing me to just loosen up. It's okay. Uh, it's okay to be present. It's okay to be visible and of uh, being in a business that is a big one, it yeah. being visible. Um, if you're not visible, nobody finds you, um, so that is my lesson constantly it's to it's okay stand up be seen Mm. have voice um see a lot of people in a lot of women in new zealand have thyroid issues part of that is we have low iodine in this country but part of that is because we don't have a voice you know the thyroid is right up there with your throat and, you know, it's a, a constant joke here in New Zealand that a woman will bump into a lamppost and apologize to the lamppost. We apologize for everything. Mm. So it's changing that story. We don't need to to apologize for taking up space. That's the big thing. You do not need to apologize for taking up space and being here. So that's what my body's teaching me at the moment. Thank you.
0: My, my, the root taught me, my root taught me this, this lesson, my root wisdom that, that came to me and keeps coming back to me, which is I'm made of space and matter. I take up space and matter.
2: Beautiful. Love that. Absolutely love that. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, because we do, we do have permission to take up space and we are, we do matter. If we're here on the planet, planet right now, we matter, our voice matters, yeah. um so showing up and being heard is the best thing that you can possibly do. Mm. you know
0: sometimes people ask me, you know I haven't heard this recently, but I know a lot of people struggle with it, which is just that you know that you, why do I deserve like how do I deserve question of worthiness right I guess if that I've heard recently, right this good dialogue of of worthiness or you know yeah. and and again this like mantra that came to me years and years ago now is just you know I deserve to be alive because I woke up this morning yeah and like the simplicity of that it's like I- I've earned my right on this planet by not being dead today and like it's just that's just that it simple. like it's just that yeah. simple you know and it's like I haven't I haven't if, that's it like that's it and everybody else did too like yeah and when that and changes it's that's just a change that I'm not that I'm not here in this way you know
2: well that's the thing uh, you know there's a, a meme that I've got on my my Facebook page um, about how cool is it that you know God decided that the world needed one of you
0: hmm. you know
2: um, not that I 'm necessarily buy into the whole God thing but the the universe the universe decided that you you were meant to be here on this planet that it needed something like you so you showed up and here you are here you are so don't waste. That gift um, you know I tell the story about my brother who uh, who died of uh, pancreatic uh, cancer um, about three or four years ago mm. and um, and it still makes me cry so excuse me for a moment um, he was he was fifty five mm. which is my age now and all as he had wanted to do was be a florist. Now, looking at my brother growing up and looking at him through his adult life, you would never, ever, ever have known that. And so when he was diagnosed with cancer, he took floristry lessons. And, you know, the thing was that uh, he would always, when he was alive, he would always buy mum these massive big bunches of flowers for Mother's Day and her birthday. We thought it was his girlfriend who was very over the top and showy. And we thought it was her that was buying these amazing big bunches of flowers. Sometimes he'd give her two or three. But it wasn't. It was my brother because he loved fucking flowers. Yeah. And he didn't get to to be His most authentic self because, again, it goes back to that family story of it wouldn't have been acceptable in my dad's eye. It would have made him look like he was a homosexual or, Mm -hmm. you know, or something because my dad just doesn't, you know. If you're a male, you do these things. If you're a female, you do these things. End of story. Uh, So my brother couldn't actually show up and, and be and do Um, what he wanted to, to, and died before he really got to live his life. So if you're here on the planet, if you're awake today, thank fuck for that and be your best self.
0: Thank fuck for that. Amen.
2: Amen. High five. You know, the world world needs one of you and what you've got to offer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, you wouldn't be here.
0: What an incredible gift that he gave himself in that news permission. Yeah, Yep. You know, because there's still so many people that even in that news would just shut their mouth harder and just go out gritting the teeth and and the freedom and the the permission that he gave himself to even touch that for a moment and to have you know that, you know, that like at least in that way for, you know, it's like in my mind, it's like your brother, the florist you know, like, yeah. you know, like he, he did leave that. It. Yeah. yeah. He left that in, yeah. in that you and in, in you in that moment and, and the power and like, how can we, again, just gleaning the gifts from, from his story and his passing and, and how quickly we can make a choice and it's really moving me how quickly we can make a choice and take a stand for our truth and have the people yeah. that know us know who we've always known us to be on the inside. You know, yep. like that that moment to turn that. And that
2: is that is who I choose to have around me now is people who know me as me and accept and love me as the fullest version of myself. The woman that swears and uh, talks about vaginas and yonis and, um, <laughs> and calls herself a sex goddess. <laughs> Which I did um a few quite a few years ago and I uh I put that as my Skype profile. It was uh Caitlin Grace, you know, sex goddess. And I was friends with my you know, as Skype friends with my father and mother in law at the time and for a moment, for a fleeting moment, I thought, I wonder what they think and then I was back to myself and I thought, I don't fucking care mm. and they didn't either. He his dad commented and said, Oh, I see you're a sex goddess and I said, Yep, And he said, good for you. That was it. End of conversation. You know, and and that's what I truly love about um, my in-laws. They are just amazing Mm. um, and have accepted me as I am regardless. Um, And that's what you want in your life. You want people who actually see you for who you are and accept you as that. And if they don't do that, they shouldn't be in your life. Mm. End of story. It's not worth trying to fit yourself into somebody's beige box that they happen to have your fucking name written on um, because it's not – you'll end up dying at 55, never having really lived who you are. Ooh, that got a bit deep, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I just (laughs) feel it, you know. I just feel it. I just – you know, I have so many – I have so many journals, most of them I've burned by now, but uh, so many.
2: <laughs> I, I have a sacrificial burning of the journals at the beginning of the year. I don't keep them. I re-read, oh, wow. I reread what I've written, pull out the bits that I want to keep, and then I burn them because I don't want anybody else finding and reading them when I'm dead. Because <laughs> I pour out all the shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's like no I'm burning that at the end of each year Well, at the beginning of the year it's um keep what bits are good throw the rest away.
0: Yeah it's like out of all of those journals there's only about 33 haikus I wish I didn't throw out. That was one <laughs> I wrote I wrote 33 haikus in one night once and I, sometimes I wish I could go back and find those but <laughs> that's a, you know out of all whatever. I like you know I had this stack I like you know, people who listen to my my podcast my my people make reference to this i had like a really solid hellish eight years like crawling through like we all that that splintering and and during that time i fucking prayed fierce and i prayed in my journals a lot and a lot of people go through this where they don't write in their journals at all when things are good and then things get rough and it's just like pages 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 and so i had this stack of journals that i you know in my in my healing kind of in that later transformation as things were really shifting I would look at them on the shelf and it was like I would cringe like I wouldn't want to touch them you know I was just mm-hmm. like whoa and so you know I I'd, I'd burned kind of journals here or there but I remember that it was a night when it was it was a winter night and I was like it's it's over like I can yeah. I can't live with these things that I don't even want to touch like who does that to themselves I don't anymore yeah. right like I used Good. to and I don't anymore and so I went to my friend's house in West Philly in the backyard, took a big old metal trash can, and I did. I read through most of thems, and thems, thems, and, uh, and, <laughs> and one of the things that surprised me, one was that they weren't as horrible to reread as I thought they would be, because yep. mostly what I wrote were prayers. Yep. They yep. were just prayers. And the other thing that struck me was that it was the same prayer, like year after year after year. And the heart of that prayer was my life. Like, I want my life. What's my body, my life. Like, when do I get, like, help me. Like, God fucking help me. Like, I'm so sick of feeling like it's not my life. Like, it's somebody else's life and it's hard and it's painful and it's like, fuck,
2: you know? (sighs) Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: and so to like read that and just be like, That's the prayer. I don't need seven journals reminding me like that's the prayer and to just burn them and say like yes, that's the prayer. That's the prayer, that's the prayer, that's the prayer. That's the prayer. prayer." And again, pelvic floor work, yoni work, like this my life. Like please. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely your life, sweetheart, and and what a beautiful life it is. It's so good. Look at it now. It's
1: so sweet.
2: You're so good now. It's, uh, you know, it's. And nobody that's been through that kind of shit and torment fully gets what it's like to come out the other side and just take a deep breath in. And it's like you're breathing air for the first time. It must be like what it was when you were born, you mm. know, coming out of the birth canal and you take that first deep breath. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. To be reborn and. And, and look at the world with those fresh eyes from that place of, I'm fucking here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm me. And anybody who doesn't like that can fuck the hell off. You know, when I had my <laughs> breakdown, or my breakthrough, as I like to call it, um, I was mm. on antidepressants. I never, ever thought I was going to be that person on antidepressants. And I, you know... Hallelujah, high five to anybody that's on those and, and is it's helping them on their daily journey. Amen. But it was, you know, I was on that for 18 months and uh, and my doctor, bless her, told me that I'd be on them for the rest of my life and I was just like, I don't fucking think so, sweetheart. This is not working for me. For a start, it's fucking with my libido. Can't have that.
0: This is sex goddess here. This is not an <laughs> option. This, this is not sustainable. This is not an
2: <laughs> option. So I... Uh, I was figuring out how I was going to get off those and how I was going to get myself back because I was so numb and so disconnected. I I was so disconnected. I didn't give a fuck about anything. And I've kept the boxes on the shelf up in my cupboard for a long time because it was like that would be so easy to just go back there to that numb place. And I finally got to a point where I, you know, I don't need those on the shelf to remind me anymore. I can throw those away. I'm done. Uh, so getting myself back to me was, you know, was a real struggle. And when you come off the antidepressants, because depression is kind of holding all your emotions down, you know, it's just it's putting a a lid on those. And when you come off, well, for me. All the anger just came rushing back full force. And my husband, he's a, he's a beautiful man. My husband said, maybe you just need to stay on those for a little bit longer. Because I was so angry. I was angry at the world. And and I said, you know what? This is me. And I'm going to be this angry. And I don't know how long it's going to fucking take. And if you can't handle me this angry, then we're done. And he's like, Okay. Okay, and I said, No, seriously, don't be telling me to go back on those drugs because I will not drug myself to make you more comfortable. I am done numbing myself to make you more comfortable, to make the world more comfortable. If you can't accept me, it's this fuck you, and that is that is you know when I fully came into um, into the meanness that I am um and that's where, you know, my name, Caitlin Grace, is a completely made-up name that I gave myself because mm. that was me taking myself back, yeah. um, re- being reborn, you know. I should have given myself a new birthday um, because presents. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, it's you have to… You have to live your life your way. You just do. It's too soul-crushing to do it any other way. Mm. And, you know, whatever whatever tools get you to that place of um, self-discovery and opening up to who you truly are, do that. Do more of that. You know, it's it's too sad to live somebody else's life and mm. get to the end of it having wanted to be somebody else and not doing it. I mean, what a life full of regrets. Yeah. Sad.
0: Yeah. And it's like, my blessing was that I could, I, I couldn't function. I mean, like I, like I didn't get to, I like, it wasn't my life that I could have, but I couldn't succeed at living someone else's. It was just a fucking shit show. You know, yeah. I really love your story. just cause it's beautiful and you, true and a sacred gift that you've shared. And because the the anger, for me it was an anger explosion that happened and uh, it really was a major threshold that burned yep. to the fucking ground so yep. much of that structure that was holding me back. I had this summer... had like a big blowout fight and I was so rageful. I wept for 17 hours straight. I have a popped blood vessel under my eye. I mean, I lost my shit. And then I didn't talk for like two and a half days. Like it was silent. I wept and then I was silent and I started painting these paintings and I painted these paintings of me. I think that also got burned. Painting these (laughs) paintings of me holding my family, holding my life, holding everyone else. And then yep. holding my anger in a metal box as far away from it as I could. Yeah. And it was yep. this realization and respect that I had held my rage separate because it was generosity to myself. As long as I was going to be responsible for those other people, if I was mad, it only made more work for me. And it was like, I painted this picture and then I just painted that that iron box just exploding. It was just, you know, it was just... And then I was furious, Caitlin. I was furious every day people would say to me yep. how are you and I'd be like I'm fucking furious how are you doing today <laughs> like people were like how are you feeling and I'm like I'm really angry I had toast for breakfast and I'm a little hungry do you want to grab a snack like it was just like there was no I was just like I'm livid I'm beso- yep. like I'm so angry and it was a study it was I it was my study in rage it was my befriending my you know, recognizing, I i tried, I had a, I set out that summer to rid myself of rage. And it was, it was like a few months in when my mom, oh, God bless my mom. I'm sitting with my mom and I'm telling her, I'm like, I'm going to fucking, this, this rage is down. Like, I'm going to destroy this rage. Like, it's going to be over. And uh, my mom said, you cannot get rid of your rage, Sophia. And I was like, oh, you watch me. Like, I will, I will win this. I was so determined. Yeah. And she was like, No. Because anger is an arrow that points towards justice. Mm. And you need it. Yep. So you can't. We do. And I was yeah. like, "Fuck, you're right." And I started. It shifted from this purging of anger, which I needed to do in its own way, and it, and and it evolved into okay. I need to court. I need to become friends with and and understand this raging monster. Learn how to let it have a cup of tea, um, yep. and you know. And it was a couple years of study, like a few years of personal just in-depth study on getting to know myself, my anger, the language, what made me rage, what justice, you know. Yeah. Tammy Lynn Kent says it's needs. We rage when our needs aren't met, whatever the need is. Um, And so to to really have those conversations.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For me, the anger and the rage was I couldn't let it come to the fore because that was my dad. I could see me being my dad and he used violence and and anger Um, and I didn't want to get, I didn't want to be that person. So I had to figure out how to use my anger and how to channel my anger in a different way um, and not let it consume me and just obliterate everything. (laughs) So yeah, I don't, I don't get, angry um in the same way that I used to I get angry about justice issues uh I get really fired up and passionate about I call it passionate I'm a passionate person mm-hmm. I call it passion rather than rage <laughs> and it's become more passionate than rageful because I've accepted it. it's kind of like oh yeah okay I see you I see where you've come from I see what's happening there and I can accept that part of me. Once you can accept that part of you, it loses the power to control you and obliterate everything. It kind of You, you kind of make peace with each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely a, a batshit passionate person now.
0: Well, it makes me think of like elemental things, right? And so it's like the element of fire. And it's like fire yeah. can be really passionate or fire can be like a rageful, destroying thing. And so, you know, it, yeah. you know, we need to learn 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 to have a good relationship with fire it's needed and it's beautiful and without our rage we don't without access to our anger or our rage we don't get our passion and you know and that's it's that's a rough one that is a rough one to walk through and um and but on the other side is is great sex isn't that right sex goddess
2: absolutely the best sex you will ever have
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm on my way i'm excited i'm excited the best sex i've ever had
2: yeah, it's, you know, um, being present, it all comes back to being present. If you really want the best sex that you've ever had, you have to be present in the moment. You can't be tripping out on some little fantasy. You can't be numbing your body out and just trying to get there to the end, um, racing to the orgasm. you got to enjoy the journey, and that's the whole thing. If you're just racing through, trying to get, you know – that to the happy point you're not going to have the best sex you ever have your best sex you ever had will start in the morning it will start with uh how are you darling and actually listening Mm -hmm. and you know it starts for me when my husband comes in the kitchen and cleans up my fucking mess (laughs) there's nothing hotter than a man in the kitchen cleaning up your dirty dishes that's foreplay um And then you work at it through the whole day of, you know, because we're 25 years together now, comes up our anniversary just after Boxing Day. Mm. Um, And to keep the fire going in a long-term relationship, you have to have some intimate connection throughout the whole day. It doesn't just happen when you get in the sheets at night and go, you know, let's have sex now. No, no that's not going to work. You need to be feeding it and fueling it for throughout the whole day, if not throughout a couple of days, building on that intimacy. My husband and I have a, uh, a two-person bath and we have a bath together every night. That's not just about being clean. It's also about being naked and being exposed and intimate with each other every night because when you're that uh, naked you can be naked on all levels of your being you can be sit there in that that bath space and share everything that's going on for you because you're kind of trapped you know you're trapped (laughs) together with legs and you just can't just get up get out and storm off uh so it's a, it's a really intimate space. It's a, it's a beautiful little ritual that we've created. Um, and, um, and we have lots of little rituals throughout our day. I text him. He texts me. We sit on the couch and hold hands when we're watching something on Netflix. We're constantly in touch with each other. That's what builds the best sex that you will ever have. Mic drop!
0: Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I have two closing questions. I, Mom, like, was like nothing. That's like that's it. You got that? I took notes. Everybody get that? <laughs> I'm like, that's what I was. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I've been saying, but without saying it like that. You just said it. It was like the yeah. feeling that I was. Yeah. Thank you. So my two closing questions. One is if people want to know more, hear more from you, connect with you via the magic of the internets. How did they do that? Where do they find you? What do they?
2: So I've got a Facebook hang? page, uh-huh. uh, Caitlin Grace. I don't even know. Caitlin Grace for wellbeing, I think it's called. Uh, you'll find me. Um, I'm on my website, com, because um, I did write a book, uh, The Goddess Guide to Sex, Love and Life, because that's what we do. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh where else can you find me? I'm on Instagram but I just post random pictures because uh I still don't quite get the whole Instagram thing. So it's a bit uh it's a bit random. But you can find me there. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over the interwebs. Um I used to write for Huffington Post. Yeah. You're around Look me. Up. Great. I'm around.
0: Yeah, and all that stuff will be on the uh on the on the the notes too, if people want to go and check that out. Okay, so my, yeah, my closing question is, ah, sex goddess. We are here to weave a new reality. I mean. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally.
0: That's what we're here to do. That's what you're doing. That's what we're here doing. And My question for you is, I would like you to help us weave a thread of that by describing, helping us put ourselves in that place when it's occurred, bringing that future potential into this present moment. What does it look like, sound like, taste like? What is it made of? What does that world
2: and life consist of? Oh, I love that question. Such a great question. So that is going to be when we have a full understanding of what makes us tick. And it starts right back when we teach our children the correct name for their genitals. We don't call it a winky or a boo-boo or a fluffy because you don't call that your elbow you know your bendy bit you call it by its proper name we give the kids the tools Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing this now already uh with consent you know I don't make my grandkids hug me if they don't want to hug grandma and their parents are going go hug grandma no stop right there if they don't want to hug me that is totally okay it's teaching consent in that way. Mm-hmm. So there's that that thread has to go through everything. We have to be teaching our boys and our girls what consent looks like Everyone. and feels like. Yeah, everybody needs to know that. They have to have some kind of understanding. We need to be teaching in sex education about pleasure and not just don't do it because that's not been working so fucking well for us so far. So we need to teach about pleasure and orgasmic potential and, you know, and it also starts when your kids are little and they're playing with themselves, teaching them that that's actually okay. uh, But maybe you don't do it in front of grandma. Um, So it's that it's kind of, because it all comes to me, everything comes back to sex. If we can actually honour and accept our sexuality as part of who we are, that will shape the whole world. Because we're denying a whole part of our pleasure potential as human beings on this planet. We're denying that it even exists. And so it's become subverted and hidden and People are shamed for wanting what they want and how, sh- how that's showing up for them. And so it becomes this dark, hidden kind of secret of things which pervades all other aspects of life. So it's owning that, owning our sexuality, honoring woman for the givers of life that they are. When that happens, oh, I can hear the angels singing now. You know, if we could actually honour woman for the amazing uh, gifts that they bring to the planet, then we might start actually honouring the planet and the gift she gives us every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's my thread of my reality that I would like to weave into this world on a daily basis.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to name, because that was so powerful, I just want to name anyone else who is listening, who doesn't identify as woman and yet is bringing life into the world because you know because that's there, and we're, that's an Absolutely. evolution that we're in right now to expand what that is. How do we celebrate woman, womanness, femininity, and also break beyond the binary? How, you know that's possible, and we're finding a way. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm still very speaking much in the heteronormative, and I apologise for that, because that's kind of what I grew up with. But I see so much more fluidity now. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm not glorifying womanhood above manhood. I absolutely adore men, and I think we need to be elevating both of us Because the patriarchal system is not serving any of us at the moment. And I'm not saying that we need to move to a matriarchal society. I see a a society where we're both finally, finally equal.
0: Yeah. I believe part of that is by allowing us to heal this notion of... of, um of separateness, like into a place yeah. of, of the weaving. I think so many people carry that in weaving that, that in this notion of, of both, even the notion of both, right? Coming into a place of non-binary, coming into a place that is more dynamic and more nuanced, yeah. that makes space for all of the creative, all of the miracle, right? Like the miracle yeah. of birth beyond binary, Like that, 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 that's, that's the, that's the thread I hear from you. And, and that's the thread I'm, I'm grateful for. Thank you so much. This was really incredible for your generosity, your wisdom. I am psyched to get your book. (laughs) I'm excited about your work and, and uh, I just, yeah, thank you for, for your time and being with us today. And and uh yeah let's all we let's make just yes i'm just words are melting thank you
2: yeah it's been an absolute pleasure and a delight and i'm so glad that i found you um i shall now stalk you everywhere on the interwebs (laughs) yes (laughs) yes Yes!
0: (laughs) beautiful do well
2: you too thank you
0: Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wisewan, Daughter of the Wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash
1: Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com.
2: y'all know you need to hear that though
0: you know if you don't know now you know if you don't know okay yo i'm so excited about vagina talks right now don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to don't pretend like you don't know you know